0: Anytime, we around, it go down, we major. Anytime, we around, it go, down, we oh, shit. it go down, we major. Down and down and down again, oh. I got so high left my frown in the wind. Oh. Hard, I try, never try it again, cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. Oh. I'm like lying lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't oh, find her. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think it, we minor. Niggas. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. As you guys can hear the acoustics, I'm still house sitting, uh, but you guys are going to hear us for some weeks. Um, but I just finished watching The Blacklist Season 9, and I was so uncertain of it. Um, I think I voiced that several times um, just after Elizabeth King's death. And uh, me, here's the thing we never, us the fans, never got closure. But I will say in season eight, which you guys will hear there. If, if you guys listen to this, I hope, uh, I'm sure you listen to the, the retrospective of season seven and eight, which I combined. Um, it felt like she got closure, but we didn't get closure because we didn't get the answers. And I don't. Here's my thing. So we took out that he's not Raymond Reddington. We still know who this guy is. We took out that he's not the father. We don't know. A lot of things. I'm sure. I will say this. Here is why this show has staying power, and here's why I'm assuming. I'm assuming either season ten or season eleven will be the last seasons. But even when me saying that, season nine was tremendously written. The issue is when you keep losing cast members that people are invested in, then you have to reinvest in new people, which is hard to do. You do have 22, 23 episodes, but it's hard to do when you're still inv- when you literally have years of knowing these other characters. So I get that. The writer in me is never going to complain about people who say, Well, you know, um I, I just didn't want to invest too much more time in this character, especially if the show's ending. I get that. Um even with the writing of season nine, it doesn't feel like the show is losing steam. Because there's so many points we have not hit. But you could tell it's coming to an end within the next two seasons. But I thought this season was very well written. And they actually super impressed me. I was actually kind of, like, ashamed of how surprised I was. Because I was like, well, I mean, like, this has been writing, you know? And and actually, to be honest with you, who knows how many stories they would have told if their spinoff would have gotten picked up. You know, their their spinoff never got picked up, which is, I'm assuming, why it killed off... uh, uh, Tom Keene, and he's now doing some hospital show. But um, who knows what many other stories they would have told, you know? Uh, but essentially, I remember watching the pilot for that show, that whatever it was going to be called, and I remember thinking to myself, this kind of has the same feel, which I get. But example NCIS LA, NCIS New Orleans, all have different identities than the original NCIS. Now, I don't know if you guys know this. I know so many people don't watch NCIS that are young, but NCIS is its own spinoff of JAG. I never watched a second of JAG. I actually don't know to this day what JAG is even about. But I know NCIS, NCIS has to go down in history as the most successful spinoff in history, right? We're talking 20 plus seasons. I don't think this ever happened. I, and once again, I'm glad to be. I, I will. I will be happy to be wrong in this situation, because I'm not a historian as far as like, um, as far as like knowing the numbers and everything. But I don't think any spinoff. I, I know Frazier was a very successful spinoff. That had to only go ten or eleven seasons though. And Frasier was fucking funny. Like, I I can tell you now. Like I I'm too. <laughs> I am too young for this to know exactly, like, um, the impact of Cheers. Um, a matter of fact, I actually saw a documentary. Oh, I was going to watch a documentary on a retrospective of Cheers, right, to understand it. Um, I get the point of it. Like, everyone knows your name. I get that. But I don't know if that show would have been for me. But to come up with a smart... Comedy that the humor when dude. It was the humor always went over my head because they were using analogies that I just couldn't understand. And, and later on in life, I would like look at the dictionary and say, Okay, or look in, look, look, look up certain things and be like, Okay, I get that now, but I, but it was the way it was delivered. Frazier, Niles, Dad, the dog, um, Banani, like uh even the ex-wife like it was just done so differently and i know that was one one of the most um successful of all the time but nothing's like the ncis ncis is a monster they change over several even if you think about this i can i don't remember her real name she's an absolutely gorgeous woman she started off with ncis they killed her off because I think she said she wanted to do something different. Well, she ended up doing Rizzoli and Isles. I think she was Dr. Isles and Rizzoli and Isles. Um, yeah, she was. And so I remember her reading, reading an interview with her. They asked her, why did you leave NCIS? She said, it was just too intense. Said, I didn't expect it to be that intense. Um, and then the show got really popular. But that then brought in Cody DiPablo. She's left. Come back. Like, I've actually been waiting for Netflix to update... Um, Like the NCI stuff because they have up to like season seventeen or whatever, but that's all they have, and so like it's kind of hard to keep. Like I haven't watched it regularly because I don't have cable, and I remember I tried um fucking, I remember I'm off base, I'm off the reservation here. Follow me for a second. Um, I remember vividly. Um, I lost cable. I tried the like the CBS app, and it just wasn't. Everyone wants an app, but they don't want it to invest the money into an app. I get it when people say Netflix is dead. It's not dead. If you if it's, all, if it's all you watch, it's dead. I understand that 100% if it's dead for you. I don't... I think I have, what, four streaming services? But I, I'm not on streaming services every day. Like, legitimately, I just started watching a FIFA Uncovered on Netflix, which it's going to probably take me weeks to get through. But I also just... I have several jobs and things I'm doing, so if, if this all you have, then I, I get it, right? But like, they don't want to invest the time to even put do what Netflix is doing. It's so annoying. And so, anyways, it just wasn't a good app. And so I just said I, I was gonna try to catch up, but they had like one episode from each season. I was like, that makes no sense. Anyways, um. The point of I was saying was, uh, who, who knows if they would have had the success they would have had. I mean, who knows if the spinoff would have had success. But my point of saying that was, each spinoff of NCIS has its own feel. Like NCIS LA, you have LL Cool J, you have uh, uh, Chris O'Donnell, you have the pitchers. Like, choo-choo-choo, that choo, choo, like goes from commercial work. It's different, a completely different feel. You get the LA feel, the sunshine, and everything like that. New Orleans, you got the New Orleans film. Now I think New Orleans didn't last because the formulas are too much the same and Scott Bakula is a great actor. Love him from Quantum Leap. I like I thought I thought he was great in the role they played. I think but the difference is there's no mystery to him. Gibbs has had mysteries and secrets for 18, 17, 18 years. And Callan had so many secrets. I I finally lost. I, I can't keep track of all these shows. So I'm hoping one day. The last thing I remember is spoiler alert. I will say this because I don't know how many years to keep up with. But the last time I remember uh, watching a um season, a full season of NCS LA, Coach's wife was killed off. That's the last I remember. So I would need to pick up from there. Anyways, the point is they all have a different feel to them. They did not have a different feel to uh, that particular spin-off. Now, it was one episode, you know, so it's not fair. But at the same time, that's kind of what happens. Anyway, the point is, back to to being on track. I went completely off the reservation there. I apologize. Um, Either way, my point is, season nine's writing was amazing. I didn't know what to expect. I knew I had I knew of one spoiler. And it's the biggest spoiler of the season, but I didn't know how they got there. That's why I tell people all the time like spoilers don't bother me because I need this, I need to go through a journey of I need to go through a journey of how we got there and to see the ups and downs and, and the bumps in the road. And so I was just like Okay, cool. So I know that, but whatever, how we get there. Well, season nine was all about finding Liz's killer, and everyone went through a different journey and what they did, which was so genius, which so many people are hate they hate to do, but now I think it's becoming norm now. They they went two years in the future. So like now these people have had time to grow with these issues. These have they've had time to get addictions and all these other issues, and so now you're picking up with them and they are having to restart. And Wrestler, for example, he we it's a document is documented. He is an addict, and um is documented there. Uh, so we we pick up where he's an addict. Um, back to being an act, unfortunately. Um, what was his name? Aram. You know, he starts his own tech company and sells, and comes back and all this other stuff. You know, like you, we we understand that. Hey, cool. This is where we are. And this is just what it is, right? So, we start off, and then we understand that the, the toll it took on Red, how Red just disappeared, and how um, he, it took a heavy toll, but also we also see Dembe, how he um, kind of reinvented himself and said, look here, it was he took over the criminal, criminal enterprise, enterprise, but then... Next thing you know, he wasn't fit for it, so you know what, he moved on. Like, when you see those kind of things, it's like, wow, okay, they've been through a lot, right? And so, I was just like, okay, that's cool. Um, So, what, where do I start? So, essentially, I'm, just, I'm not going to go episode by episode. You guys have been listening to enough of these retrospectives. It's the final one. So, we got, you guys know where I'm going with this. So, essentially... We pick up where Red is not taking any responsibility, but no one explained it to him or he he's, he wasn't in a place mentally to be explained to the impact he left, uh, he had of his empire, of leaving his empire. And so he comes back, Dembe's a part of the task force now, wrestlers and trust him and Dembe is a man of uh, morals. So legitimately, he's like, I, I don't have time for you to trust me. Either either you're here with me or not, right? But which is funny because Russell's a natural a natural um untrusting person, even though he's the most untrusty, trustworthy one of them all. But I would have actually embraced Dembe earlier, just because we've seen how loyal he was to Raymond. He's still loyal to Raymond. And so, anyways, um, they had to pick back on the task force to find Liz's killer. And one of the episodes, uh, this is when Dimbe uses. Uh, emergency red number because one of the age oh, because Park is uh, I'm gonna die. And listen, uh, red, red, red says to You can't be halfway in either internet, or in or you cannot use these numbers anymore. You don't have uh, the or qualifications for it. You're not, you know, you're no longer a part of the enterprise. And then we find out that uh, we have Wecha and uh, Mercia, who Mercia is his uh, significant other, which is her sister. He found them and they. Helps him kind of become himself again. And Mercia actually begs him to not come back to the States and find Liz's killer because he's going to be who he is, but he can't. So in the process of all this, the early, like, early it looks like, you know, Dembe was the one that, you know, uh, caused Liz to get killed and all this other stuff. And it's really not, obviously. But with... With red, red realizes once the last like some things come to light, he's like, man, I left you hanging. It's just my fault, you know. I I shouldn't have put you in that position. That was a terrible thing to do. And I even though I knew the spoiler, which I have to say is Marvin George the killer. He's the, the the lawyer. Um, but or he set everything up. So you see the pieces that were put into place and. Because Marvin Girard has always been a side character at best. He played, even though he wasn't in every episode, he played a prominent role this season. He was in way more episodes. So I remember, even though I knew, my first thing was like, oh, these are the seeds they're dropping. He's around during these crucial conversations where he was never around during those conversations. But Red didn't know who he could trust, so that's the guy he leaned on. Because that's the guy who up and started his criminal enterprise. Air quotes, no air quotes, can see me doing no air quotes. It says like, okay, that makes sense. I, I like, I love the setup, right? Even though I knew the end goal. And so um, we see, we just see Red is just he—he's he, just out of his element. He's—he's he's being outwitted by himself. Also, something I want to mention here, which was great acting. I don't know her real name, but by Elizabeth King, great fucking acting. If you guys remember at the end of season eight when she's supposed to go kill Red. She puts the gun up, he turns around, and she hesitates. And she has this look in her eyes, and I call it the look of love. When I say it, it's like the look of, I care about this person on a different level, and I just can't do what they want me to do, right? And um, she was like, I can't do it. He said, that's all right, and that's when she got shot. It's revealed that all the documents that Red gave Dembe to give Dembe uh, to, to, he gave Dembe, Dembe was supposed to give her when he was dead. He gave them to her when she, like, before the day that she died. And Red found out. That's why he was like, she knew everything. And if you guys remember also, in season eight, she said, Why can't I know who you are? To Red. Red said, Because if you knew who I was, you wouldn't kill me. So we, that's, why, that's what I'm saying. We still don't know who, who the fuck this guy is to her. Um, And so it was like, Wow, she knew everything before she died. So she watched the videos of how to become a criminal enterprise. She legitimately like read all the. Doc- she knew who he was, and he was right. She she knew he he said you won't be able to kill me, and he she couldn't. Well, we see all this backstory essentially, of how Marvin Gerard be- believed that he was, um, it was his and Red's enterprise. Now, did he help him build it? Sure. But it was never his enterprise. That's where his ego got him in trouble, um, which is on him. You know, it, it happens. You know, people get ahead of themselves and stuff like that. But we see how I'm turning out. There's certain points in each episode. Sometimes it's considered filler. I'm doing air quotes again. This was not filler. We we got episodes. And I understand if one character doesn't do it for you, right? Like, I said this before. Pauly Perrette's character of Abby from NCS. I could care less about her character. I hated the character. I think it was a necessary character to lighten the mood of the show. And you could tell by the different music. Where it was like, take it. was like, bam, 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 bam said, Like that. But I didn't care for the character. It just didn't do it for me, right? This, even, even Park. I had no, no interest in Park. Park but even her side story her episode that focused on her i was like wow that the writing was so fucking good it was like how can i not be a fan of this right you know it was just so good um and so like you just see everybody's perspective and how they handle things and so it was just amazing and i feel like even though the even characters that we're not leaving. Like, like, Roman Parker left uh, the, the cast. They even got even if this if the show ended. They all got perfect send-offs in that way, right? Well, anyways, it's building and building, and Red is saying little hints during the entire series season. He's saying how, hey, I just feel like people are turning against me. I don't know why they're turning against me. He could. He he was he 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 had his finger on the pulse. But he was questioning himself. Something that when, he, when you see a video of him, like when, when he's um talking to fucking Elizabeth, he records himself. He says certain things in that video where if you actually watch that video and remember the season, like, he's not listening to his own advice. He's questioning himself. And so I was just like, OK. And like I said, even though I knew the end game, how he got there was so intriguing to me. Cause I was like, yo, like, this is like you see him doing things that he shouldn't be doing, but but he's like, something's not right. He knew it. And finally, like, the episode before we end up seeing the, the whole thing revealed, like, um, there's a bank account, right? That uh, Cooper finds, and he's like, hey, who, how are we gonna tra- how we try? How do we trace this bank? And Red looks at it, and Red says, there's no way you can trace that bank, that's why I have the account. He was like, Harold. The enemy's closer than we anticipated. I was like, Whew. you know? And so you see him questioning a lot of characters in the beginning of the season, which causes him to be pissed off because, like, wait, Red, I've been just waiting Like, this is, one, this is one episode, right, where it starts off and it's just guy. Normal looking guy, glasses, bald head. It's a montage of legitimately him sitting down, eating, mowing the lawn, sitting down, like, he's doing the same shit every day, right? And it's like, what the fuck are we watching? Inception here? Like, what are we doing here? And I remember just thinking that out loud to myself. And then all of a sudden, you have Red walk up and say, hey, you betrayed me. Or he didn't say those words, but essentially he said something like that. And he was like, what? My juice guy's been doing the same thing. Turns out that the house he was watching was meant for Liz to be her hideaway because no one ever knew about it, right? Supposedly. And... um. Oh, nice. I'm actually watching... <laughs> Just so you guys know, I'm actually watching uh, Dynamite. And uh it pulled up that uh A D coming back to Colorado, so I'm gonna get some tickets. Anyways, um, so um Yeah, so like he's like this is all this is in the beginning of the season where he's questioning people who are close to him. People who have had never had any reason to not be loyal to him, right? And so this guy, like, because there's there still a safe missing. So he thought someone broke into the house. So now the guy's questioning himself. Turns out someone got yeah, a safe made. Marvin Gerard has an extra safe made, and it was and it was taken out. That's how a person had access to it because they knew where the house was. Obviously Marvin Gerard had access to it, and so the guy in the end, right in the end, was like apologetic. But you, this is the first time you see people who are close to Red like, hey, no, fuck you, dude. That's insulting. And Red was like, well, when she never showed up, where did you think? It's like, why would I think anything, dude? You told me to sit your exact instructions were stay here and wait to see her. Once you see her, you're paid off the rest of your life. You go. We've seen people in this show who won't follow Red's exact uh, instructions get killed. The people he was accusing, which was smart on Marvin Girard, the people he was accusing... Were people who never would do that ever? So that's why you see the pushback. I was like, wow, that's so fucking genius, right? And so um, you see this thing. And once again, why would a guy think anything of it? That's why a that montage was so important. He did the same routines every day, took care of the house, blah, blah, blah. Now the house is his. And once again, you don't know because once again, Red says, funny story. Episode 1 of Blacklist. Red, his exact instructions were, I never stay in the same place two nights in a row. Why the fuck would you think about a criminal mastermind has got to stay here for forever? So anyways, all these things have been put into place. And now you're seeing it's it's clearly someone close to him. Now obviously I knew, so it's easy for me to say that. But even with me being immersed in the story, the episodes that Gerard wasn't in... You still knew it was somebody close to him and was like, yo, like, wow, like, the way he did it, though, it made sense for people to turn. But um, you get to the final thing and, like, Hedy, um, you think he's going to kill her? Holy shit, because all the evidence points to her. But here's where Red, and here's why Raymond Reddington and Ghost are two of the characters that I felt in TV history should never die. That's why I didn't, and I, it turns out, I, I didn't know this until I was watching a documentary, uh, it's like a 10 minute doc or whatever, about uh, the final season of Power. I didn't know that Omari Hardwick and series creator Courtney Kemp had like a little spat over the ending. Because I, I was like, I was like, that makes sense. He felt Ghost shouldn't die. He said if he is gonna die, he shouldn't die at the hands of his son. And story, the way they presented it, it made sense. It wasn't like it wasn't illogical. Like the person that could get closest to Ghost was Tariq. However, when you build characters like Ghost and Raymond Reddington up, you will outsmart them for a little bit, but you won't get the last laugh. That's why I always felt like Ghost should. I mean, I'm sure eventually with the success of um, the other powers, Ghost will be back in some form or fashion. I don't think he's actually dead, right? But even with characters like this, you make them so... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not untouchable. So touchable. Follow me on this journey. When you make someone untouchable, eventually they have to be touched. Frank Lucas was untouchable. Uh, what's his name? The guy who he feuded with. Um, can't remember his name. The guy who ended up turning states evidence against his crew. They were untouchable. But when you say you're untouchable, you can be touched. These people, you can very much touch them because they very much make mistakes because they let their emotions get involved. But when they wake up, you are not going to catch them slipping at the end of the day, right? Because it is so hard to get to them. So when you make them so touchable, it makes them untouchable, which I'm explaining horribly probably. But you get my point, I hope. Um, So anyways... um, so, excuse me. So, Jericho's chest is a bloody mess. Jesus Christ. Um, so, I keep saying so. I know, so in my thoughts here, because I'm super excited about talking about this. Um, but at the end of the day, like you see, Red slowly picking up from his mistakes. Like to me, I, if I'm not mistaken, the the guy at the house was the last mistake he made. As far as just accusing people, they, they made you think he was still making the same mistakes, but no, that was the last time he actually outright accused somebody. So you he think he's gonna kill Hedy, he's like, oh wow, he's gonna kill Hedy, until they take until he hands Weecher the gun and says, make it quick, and they go into this different room. It's like, okay, man, gunshot, air quotes again, right? But that's when he, like, towards the end of the scene, he's like, okay, you see him slowly not questioning himself and just going with the flow. So anyways, um, when they finally confront Marvin Gerard, then it's a race between the task force and Red because Red wants to kill him. Here's the problem. Here's the other overarching theme of this season. Harold Cooper breaks his own rules. He ends up, like, like up, Marvin Girard blackmails Harold Cooper, so he breaks some of his moral code in order to um, save himself and give himself time. The problem is once he has his... Um, crisis of conscience coming together essentially what happens is he involves everybody so now the state's attorney want him but if they can get a bigger fish they'll take the bigger fish so now they need Marvin Girard in order to clear his name so Marvin Girard gets captured by the task force and so he's now saying hey I have the red list I know his empire just like he does now they want, he wants to turn Rington in we know Reddington's not gonna have that. So essentially Rangton he hasn't did the rights, but now they make a deal. So now they have that heart to heart conversation. And this episode is where you see Gerard helping to build keep the, the uh the, the the empire going while Red's gone, then he gets a call one day and Red's back. And so it's you see like the heartbreak he has. When he's he's in the car on the same street that Red and Liz are in, no one knows he's there. You see when Elizabeth is shot, you see him crying. Because he he didn't want to kill her, but he knew she wasn't built for the Enterprise. But also it wasn't his choice, which is Red's point. Which it wasn't. So, but you see the heartbreak Gerard has because he he loves Red. You know? And essentially the last conversation they have, Red says, I'm not going to kill you. You're going to kill yourself because, you know, he already has immunity deal and all this other stuff. And Gerard's last words, some of his last words were, um, no, even even if I'm doing it, you're still killing me. And and even Gerard says, which is my point of being so touchable, it makes you untouchable. Even Gerard says, I could never kill you. And he didn't say I couldn't kill because I couldn't get to you. He says, I could never kill you because I couldn't get to you. You're so hard. And he was the one that could get to him the most. How powerful a statement is that? So, um, is that what the, the writing was spectacular? So anyways, Gerard kills himself. Red has his immunity agreement. Cooper's clear. Also, we do see an older Agnes. And then in in this thing, it's also pointed out how Liz told Agnes about Red and who who he was. So even though he goes by a different name with her, she knows who he is because she knows how important he was to Liz and vice versa. So like Agnes knows everything because Liz knew everything. Such, so fascinating. But before the final twist, which leads us to season 10. Uh, one of the one of, uh, the early blacklisters from season three, Winsu, um, one of the early, early blacklisters, is talking to Gerard. He sees Gerard in jail. And he says, hey, I need help from Reddington to get out of the country. And he says, well, Reddington's not your friend. He says, well, yes, he is. So he hands him a list. He says, just so you know, Raymond Reddington's an informant. Here's all the people he's put in jail. He's, a, he's an immunity deal with the FBI. Winsu said... Thought you were his thought you worked for him. He said, So did Red. It's like, wow. The last betrayal. Amazing. So at the end of the season, we don't see any we don't see any of Red like the last 10 minutes of the, of the season. The very thing the last thing we see is you talking to one of his helpers. He says, I'm gonna kill Raymond Reddington. And his helper says, How are we gonna do that by ourselves? He said, No. I have a lot of help coming. So it looks like we are going to see. A lot of breakouts, a lot of betrayals, and now you're down two people you trust. You have Dembe, you have Cooper, and you have that's, it, that's and Wrestler. But Park left, you're, uh, Aram left. This is going to be a fascinating season 10. Um, I just don't think you can kill him, though. I think you can have him against the ropes, you know, because they're going to now announce that he has this immunity agreement. And now it's going to put everything at risk. You know which means his resources will be even more limited. So, I'm so I'm curious to see how they do here. You know, so I mean, Dembe being an FBI agent does also hurt him. So, this is just gonna be fascinating. So, I thought it was good season overall, one of the stronger seasons for sure. Um, it, it followed up great on season eight. The loss of Liz that was felt by all of them, you feel it. You also feel her presence not being there. I'm not going to say she's missed because once things are revealed, you realize she had all the answers, so you realize her story arc was actually done, right? But but she doesn't feel missed. It's in a good way, not a bad way. It feels like because they had enough dialogue in there about her final hours, like okay, cool, even if we don't know, She knew. So it feels like it should be over. So um, I would give it... You know what? I will give it a 9 out of 10. Um, And the only reason I wouldn't even give it a 10 is because I feel like something still is a little off about Dembe being an FBI agent. I, I guess it's my only gripe is that. I'm like, I don't understand how that... It fits, but it doesn't fit. So, that's the only thing I question. So, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. But it's a strong season. Follows up, dude, it follows up great on 7, 8, 9. 7, 8, 9 are just great to watch. So, that is your episode. I went kind of long. Sorry on that tangent. But um, that is your episode 9 review. Um, hope you guys have enjoyed these retrospectives. It was fun doing them. One of my favorite shows of all time. Can't wait to just watch season 10. Um, and that's it, man. I hope you guys have a good day. I'm Soul Chemical, and this is I see things a little differently, and I am out.